In the early church, God gave the apostles the ability to perform signs, wonders, and miracles to authenticate the message they spoke about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This was a transitional time in church history before the full canon of Scripture was in place. During his earthly ministry, Jesus warned about the generation that always seeks a sign, calling it wicked and adulterous. No sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah, a reference to his future resurrection. In sum, the supernatural works of God produce a greater confidence in the Word of God, demonstrate the unlimited power of God, and astonish the people of God. But will they yield faith in you? I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Hello and welcome to this Thursday edition of Something Good Radio with Dr. Ron Jones. I'm Brian Davis, always glad to have you with us. And you know, every now and then, God will do the amazing, a sign, a wonder, a miracle. And he does it so that people will see his power and come to faith in Christ. You'll find two such miracles in Acts chapter 9. And Ron shares them with us today as he continues his teaching series, A.D., Acts of the Apostles. Stay right here or look for us at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. To subscribe to the podcast, visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or most other podcasting platforms. Here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Does Anybody Need a Miracle? So Peter rose and went with them, and when he arrived, he, he took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive, and it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord, and he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner." Now, there's a lot going on there. Let me just comment on a few things. Uh, first of all, again, Peter didn't make a circus of this, and, and I appreciate about that. I mean, Jesus was always careful to say to people whom he healed, oftentimes he went, shh, don't tell anybody. Why? Because he wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. And a faith that is propped up by the necessity of a miracle is not a strong faith, okay? That's, that's walking by sight, not by faith. Uh, the miracles had a purpose. Oftentimes when God was about to do something big and something new, you know, the signs and the wonders came to get people's attention, but always to point people to faith. Uh, God is high on faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So He doesn't make a circus of this. He doesn't get a big crowd together and have a healing service and all that. He's just very quiet about it. Uh, he, he, uh, he also, it's interesting, when He heals her, it says afterwards He offered her His hand. What God is doing in Peter's life right now, again, is in preparation for Acts chapter 10 when all the pride and the prejudice that was in him about the Jew and the Gentile thing is going to melt. And we'll get to that next week. It's an exciting story. 
But here, here's, here's some of that beginning to melt. Um, Peter's beginning to understand that all the things that he thought were unclean are not unclean, like, like a corpse. In Jewish understanding, you don't, you don't touch a corpse. You don't touch a dead body. You'd be considered unclean, ceremonially unclean. And so, but, but he raises her up and, and takes her by the hand. That's pretty significant. He also later stays at the home of Simon the Tanner, a Gentile. And yeah, he, he's, the Lord's beginning to work on Peter here a little bit. Um, this is um, a raising of the dead. Technically, we call it a resuscitation, not a resurrection in the sense that she was in her now glorified body. The only one, the first of those kinds of resurrections was Jesus Christ. And we know he was in his glorified body because of the unique things that were happening in his post-resurrection appearances. But even Lazarus was a resuscitation. He, he came forward in his own body and eventually died again to go into the grave and await truly the last resurrection when he would be resurrected in his glorified body. But, but here we have another punctuation mark. Get ready. God is about to do something big, and here it's coming in Acts chapter 10. But before we get there, let's just pause for a little reflection on signs and wonders and miracles. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2 for just a moment, and let's hear what the writer of Hebrews says, kind of a commentary on the apostolic era and our understanding of how God was using signs and wonders and miracles at that time. It says in verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord. Download the Gospels and Jesus' ministry. And it was attested to us, attested to us by those who heard. Those are the eyewitnesses. Those are the disciples. Those are the apostles. Verse 4, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. Writer of Hebrews is saying here that during this time, this unique time in uh, God's plan, that uh, the eyewitnesses who were with Jesus, they were given these supernatural powers of signs and wonders and miracles to confirm the message and the messenger, because quite frankly, they didn't have the Bible, the complete canon of Scripture that we have today. We go today in biblical authority. As a pastor, I, I, I don't need the confirmation of a, of a miracle to prove to you that I'm speaking the Word of God. I say, thus saith the Lord, and our confidence is in the Word of God, and we walk by faith. Uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, and, and our faith is directly connected to our confidence in the Word of God, not in some visible manifestation of the exceptional expression of God's supernatural power. You follow me there? That doesn't mean that God isn't performing miracles today or can't perform miracles today. God can do anything He wants at any time, anywhere, and He doesn't need my permission to perform a miracle, okay? And if you need a miracle today, by all means, pray for one. More often than not, God works through natural laws, and sometimes He just lets the natural laws continue on, and He says, whether I do a miracle for you or not, are you still going to trust me? Are you still going to trust me? Because I want you to walk by faith and not by sight. 
But with that in mind, how, how, how do we respond to all this? How do we understand signs and miracles and wonders? Let me just take those three words and break down and, and give us some application to go home with today. The word sign encourages us to do what I just said, have confidence in the Word of God. A sign miracle, and John, keep in mind, in John's gospel, he records eight miracles that Jesus performed. He performed many, many miracles, but John in his gospel highlights eight of them, and he calls them sign miracles. They were signs meant to point people to, here's the Messiah. God is doing something big. God is doing something new. He's doing something that has, has, has been prophesied in times past, and there have been centuries of messianic expectation building up, and guess what? It's happening. Here's the punctuation mark, the signs and miracles of Jesus. And John goes through eight of them to point us to Jesus. But let's just remember, every time Jesus healed somebody, more often than not, he went, shh, because he wanted us to have confidence in who he was and what he said and for us to walk by faith. Signs confirm the truth. Signs authenticate the message and the messenger. There was even a time when the Pharisees came to Jesus, and uh, they said, show us a sign, Jesus. Show us a sign that you're the Messiah. Come on, do, do something visible. Do something that is the uh, exceptional uh, manifestation of the supernatural nature of your person. Show us a sign. And he looked at him and said, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. The only sign I give you is Jonah, the prophet. And it was really an allusion to his resurrection because as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. He says, that's the sign. That's the biggest exclamation point I'm going to give you. And he moved on. Have confidence in the Word of God. Have confidence in the Word of God is the first um, idea behind a sign. Secondly, be astonished by the works of God. There are signs and there are wonders. There are wonders. How's your sense of childlike wonder these days? Remember the movie or the, the television program years ago, a sitcom called The Wonder Years? It was about this guy who was always looking back on his childhood years, and he called them the wonder years because children have a unique way of just kind of being full of wonder and awe uh, and a sense of astonishment. It's easy to astonish a kid, right? And how ironic that we're supposed to have childlike faith and never lose our sense of wonder and our sense of awe. Some people say that our educational system is great, but it, it, it saps the wonder and awe and sense of astonishment out of kids too early. And certainly, as people of faith, we need to make sure we don't lose our sense of wonder and awe. Listen to these verses. Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 5, the Lord says, look among the nations, observe, wonder, because I am doing something in your days you would not believe if you were told. <laughs> I love that. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 11, who is like thee among the gods, O Lord, who is like thee, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, and working wonders? Psalm 40 and verse 5, many, O Lord, are the wonders which thou hast done. Psalm 107 and verse 8, let them give thanks to the Lord for his wonders to the sons of men. Uh, Psalm 139, one of my favorite, verse 14, I will give thanks to thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works, and my soul knows it very well. 
I, I think of the Messianic prophecy in the Old Testament, Isaiah, that talks about the Messiah, uh, Jesus being a wonderful counselor, right, and a mighty God. And then I think of the Christmas story, and I think of Luke chapter 2 and verse 18, all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. How's your sense of childlike wonder this morning? We'll be right back with more of today's Something Good message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church, and that's in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Well, in the past year, in spite of the many challenges the world has faced, we've seen God use Something Good Radio like never before. Friends like you have played a key role in that as your prayers and financial support help Ron share the gospel through these radio and internet broadcasts. When you give this month, we want to say thank you with a special gift of our own, the complete audio download to the series you're hearing now, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. That's A.D. Acts of the Apostles, a 19-message series from Dr. Ron Jones. And for a limited time, our gift to you for your gift to Something Good Radio. And you can give online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to us, P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. And you can call our offices, 757-276-1099. Now let's join Ron for the rest of today's Something Good Radio message. Does anybody need a miracle? I know you need a miracle. But even if God doesn't bring the miracle, if he, if he doesn't do the exceptional thing in your life today, will you still trust him? Uh, will you still have confidence in the word of God? Will you still be astonished by the works of God, even through natural law? You know, every time I see one of those pictures from the Hubble Space Telescope, <laughs> there's just something that wells up inside of me and goes, wow, and wow leads to worship. Not of nature, but of nature's God, who has his steady hand on all of that, who spoke those worlds into existence. You and I are a walking miracle. You know, you say, well, I'm looking for a miracle today. You don't have to look very far. Just, just look at nature, nature's laws, and go, really? Because I don't believe it all happens by accident. There is an all-powerful God who created it, who has His hand in it, who sustains it, and who every once in a while does something exceptional outside of the natural law. We call that a miracle, but He does it for His own purposes, and not to dazzle in a way that creates a circus environment, but in a way that accomplishes His purposes. Be astonished by the works of God. Finally, and this is around the word miracle, signs, wonders, miracles, trust in the unlimited power of God. Again, nobody is saying God, God can't do miracles today. No, come on. He can do whatever He wants at any time, anywhere, in any place for His own purposes. You're not going to manipulate Him to do a miracle any more than I can. Pray for one. There are times we get ourselves in a place where we're really looking for God to do something exceptional out of the ordinary, natural way that life works. And sometimes He does that, even today. There are some of you 
who could meet me in the lobby today and you could tell a story of when God did that. And I say, praise the Lord. But is that the, the normal way He works today in this time and in this era? No, I, I, I put a question mark there, leaving enough room for God to do whatever He wants to do, but also understanding He wants me to have confidence in the Word of God. He wants me to be astonished by the works of God. He wants me to trust in the unlimited power of God and realize that there's nothing that He cannot do, that nothing is impossible for Him. And my mind and my heart go to Ephesians 3 and verse 20, now unto him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine, according to the power that works within us, in Christ Jesus and through His church forever and ever, amen, and it goes on from there. What power is He talking about there in Ephesians? The power of the Holy Spirit in us? He'll do exceeding and abundantly beyond we, all that we ask or imagine. You, you can't even dream. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. In other words, He's going to blow us away one day, just astonish us with His power and His love and His faithfulness and all that He's planned. You can't even imagine it today. But He's the kind of God that does exceeding and abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine according to the power that works within us. See, here's the deal. You have that power in you. It's called the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of you. It's not personal power. It's not political power. It's not all the kinds of false powers that we seek for in our world today. It's the power of the living God who came to live inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 says it this way, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, and he, and he does, he just made the case that he does, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living inside of you. You say, well, pastor, how do you access that power? Oh, that's a whole other conversation, isn't it? The Bible talks about walking in the Spirit, living by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit. It's about yielding to that power. It takes a moment of surrender. You see, you have the Holy Spirit, you have the power. The question is, does the Holy Spirit have you? And that takes surrender. It, it, it takes a daily surrender to say, um, our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Okay? Not mine. I have to get to that point where I, I completely and wholly surrender to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me, a power source that is unlimited to do exceeding and abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine. But more often than not, we quench, grieve, resist the Spirit. I, I found that when the power flows, when God does something big, it usually comes prior to a very quiet, but intentional moment of surrender in my life to the power He put within me. And I can scream all day long for a miracle here and a miracle there, and what He's looking for is faith 
walk by faith and not by sight, and surrender wholly and completely to me. Put me in charge. There's only one person who will sit on the throne of your life and mine, and he isn't going to fight us for it. He'll be resident in us, but he won't sit on that throne until we make him president of us. And there's only one, there's only one seat there. That's how the power flows. That's how the Christian life is a victorious Christian life. And when we do that individually and even corporately as a church, wow, it's just a wonderful thing. And the greatest miracle of all, the greatest miracle of all are the 117 salvation decisions in the last 45 days. <laughs> Friends, that's the supernatural hand of God that takes somebody from spiritual death to spiritual life, from spiritual darkness to spiritual light. When somebody is born into the family of God, let's be astonished by that. Let's praise the Lord for that. Let's have confidence in the Word of God. Let's be astonished by the works of God, and let's trust in the unlimited power of God. That's, that's church in the 21st century, and I'm excited to be a part of it, and I hope you are too. Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good Radio message, Does Anybody Need a Miracle? And Ron, earlier in today's message, God is looking for faith, for people who will come to faith in Christ and then walk by faith as they grow in that relationship. Let's talk about that in light of the miracles we see here in Acts chapter 9. You know, Brian, these two miracles I talked about today led to something even bigger. Now, it's true these miracles were wonderful expressions of God's power. Two people were greatly blessed by them. But the bigger picture here is that those miracles of the body led to many additional miracles of the soul and spirit. People came to faith in Christ because of them, and that was his primary reason for doing them. But let me switch gears just a little and get practical for just a moment. God will sometimes do a miracle in our lives a healing that doctors can't explain, a marriage that's saved when it seemed absolutely hopeless. And his goal in doing that kind of work is to increase our faith in him. But ultimately, what God wants out of us is to be faithful even when the healing doesn't come, even when the marriage fails, even when a loved one dies too young. Uh, so yes, Brian, God will sometimes do the miraculous, but he wants to see faith in his people even when he doesn't. Think about the lives of Peter and James and the Apostle Paul. Think about Stephen or John. Uh, they, along with many others, were persecuted for their faith. All but John gave their lives for it. And even John was exiled to the island of Patmos. These were not easy lives. Uh, these were not manifestations of the prosperity that uh, so many people are preaching today. Now, the greatest miracle about these men is that God used their hardships and trials to grow their faith and to lead others to that faith. So in closing, let me be very clear about this. I'm not asking anyone to deny God's power or his ability to perform miracles. Certainly not. I'm simply saying we should trust him even on those occasions when he elects not to use it, at least not in the way we might have expected. As Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he himself asked for a miracle, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. 
Such a great word of encouragement, Ron, and a timely reminder for all of us. Now, before we let our listeners go, let's talk about where you're headed tomorrow on our Friday edition of Something Good Radio. Brian, yesterday I gave a bit of a foreshadowing of what was about to take place here in the book of Acts. I said God was about to do something big, something unexpected, at least to most people who were alive in the first century of Jerusalem. And and that's where we're headed in our next broadcast. Uh, The gospel of Jesus Christ is about to be taken to the Gentiles. I mean, this is huge news. God is going worldwide. But before he does, he has to have a little heart-to-heart with Peter, and we'll dive right in tomorrow in my message, Pride, Prejudice, and the Gospel. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones continues his teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.